What Ho podcast pals, and welcome to a particularly grouchy and bloody-minded episode of Discontent Provider. Oh yes, well, even in the spiritual oasis that is the West Midlands' loveliest spot, this enterprise is usually packed with as much bile and coruscating disdain as a podcast connoisseur might reasonably hope to find. Said B and CD is usually inspired by a, a general impersonal sense of disgust and abhorrence at the doings of the great and the good and proffered in the same spirit. Well, I I mean to say, I don't actually have to remind you of my tendency towards a rather dry, dispassionate, and one might almost say forensically detached tone, do I? Uh, It's one of the first things, aside from a fancy hat and a staggering amount of charismatic eroticism, that uh, most people notice about me. Today, though, uh, things are different. Today, I'm saddling up the lowest of low horses prior to taking the lowest of low roads. Why, you ask? Well, because in the words of trailers for uninspired action movie sequels since the talkies began talking, this time it's personal. Yes, on this occasion, I can't take the broad view. I can't weigh up the pros and cons in the interest of lending a touch of sanguine sophistication to political discourse, because Boris Johnson has fucked me over good and proper. Well, obviously, he's fucked a great number of people over good and proper. Uh, I I realise that I'm at the rear end of a a, a winding serpentine queue that runs for miles and through many decades. Uh, Indeed, a case could well be made, were one so inclined, that the rotund, rapacious rapscallion has fucked these not notably United Kingdoms over good and proper in their entirety. So, I'm not claiming any special victimhood on that regard. Rather, it's... uh, Oh dear, I I, I fancy that it's time to rip asunder the dazzling tapestry of mythos and mystery that I've woven over the past few months. Uh, But the truth must be told. Let me be perfectly candid with you cats and kittens. Despite the breezy air of insouciant professionalism that characterises Discontent Provader, I do, as it happens, spend a bit of time in preparation for it. I, I, I mean, I'm not some ghastly little swat beavering away into the small hours or anything, but, uh, there is a wit, well, almost a wit anyway, call it a witter if you like, uh, more to this thing than just an anti-folky talking and the world's greatest lurcher not talking. I'll go even further. It's not wholly unknown for an edit or two to creep into the mixture, though they are dashed rare because it's awfully difficult and it hurts my eyes. Uh, I, I only rob you of your cherished illusions because uh, I, I have to explain that the reason I'm so gut-churningly, bowel-blockingly peeved about Alexander Boris de Fuckstub Johnson's resignation last week is that it happened while I was actually getting last week's episode into its rough-and-ready podcastable form. So I wasn't able to mention it. Didn't even know it was happening. Couldn't even put an aside in at the end. What a cunt, eh, what? I ask you again. What a cunt. So there it is. My usual mask of impassivity and neutrality has slipped. And everything else is forgotten as I bluster and rage about the slippery bastard upping sticks. I'll tell you something. Were this podcast not as small and altogether uh, squalid, almost discreet an affair as that that might be had by, oh, I don't know, to pocket the pick, an example completely at random, a fat sack of self-serving Etonian privilege, I'd, I'd have done my damnedest to get one of his many exes on board, and we could have put in a full five minutes on his sexual shortcomings. Sadly, as Arkham and I labour in obscurity, uh, that isn't feasible, so uh, remarks about the former PM's tallywhacker will be few and far between. But I just want you to know that it's not because I think I'm too good for that sort of thing, 
because deep down in my heart of hearts, I know that I'm almost certainly probably not. Of course, the whole, the whole thing reeks of the lowest and most scabrous form of political cowardice. One of the big talking points about Boris being suspended was that it would provoke a by-election in his constituency. But according to the UK Parliament website, there would be no actual constitutional need for one. Quote, a by-election is held when a seat becomes vacant. This can happen when an MP resigns or dies, is declared bankrupt. They mean financially bankrupt, not morally. Uh, or takes a seat in the House of Lords or is convicted of a serious criminal offence, end quote, apart from those little bits I've put in. Nothing your keen ear will have already noted is said about suspension for infraction of parliamentary codes uh, that would necessitate a by-election. Were a by-election to be called, it would only be at the behest of Bojo's constituency Conservative Committee bods. Uh, it appears then that the, the master demagogue, the people's favourite, the boy with the bounce, didn't have enough faith in his charm or radical gifts, the formerly reliable idiocy of his constituents, or whatever glamour he cast over the local party moguls, and he just felt he did not want to put himself through the electoral ringer again. Of course, I could be doing the lad a grave disservice. I'm not. Perhaps it's all about a passionate commitment to seeing that his constituency is adequately represented. It isn't. On the face of it, it may seem a bit rough on the good burghers of Uxbridge and Onverons not to be represented in the Mother of Parliament for three months. Some might say, you might say, and I bloody well am saying, that uh, that might well be an improvement over being represented by a slipshod morass of mendacity bundled untidily into an ill-fitting suit. So, on the whole, I think they would probably provide the ordeal more or less intact. Uh, unusually for such a consummate nest featherer, I, I don't even think it's about greed. Uh, while for a parliamentarian, enduring 90 days without expenses, subsidised drinkies and sundry other emollients would be uh, comparable to anything cooked up by the ingenious cats who ran the Spanish Inquisition, or those setting the pace at Guantanamo Bay come to that, it would hardly have plunged him into penury, not with all the lucrative speaking engagements and all. So, as I say, the, the, the rank stench of weaselly gutlessness hangs over the former PM's resignation like, uh, like, well, the, the, the smell of a gutted weasel on a hot day, I suppose. Uh, one encounters some dashed exotic perfumes out here in the country, uh, so I know whereof I speak, I assure you. Uh, but there is another note in the uh, whole unedifying bouquet, that of petty vengefulness. In his rambling diatribe against the Privileges Committee's verdict, a tone of bleating victimhood, of outrage at his shitty actions and pathological dishonesty being uncovered, was, was loud and clear. Here's a gorgeous example of just how hard done by he claims to feel. Regarding a picture of him holding a wine glass, quote, I'm not doing the voice. Quote again. That picture was me, in my place of work, trying to encourage and thank my officials in a way that I believe was crucial for the government and for the country as a whole, and in a way which I believe to be wholly within the rules. Unquote. Such nobility, cats and kittens. Whatever he was doing at those get-togethers, he was doing it not only for the little people on his staff, but for the whole nation. Get you right here, do it not?
I, I realise you can't see where I'm pointing, but Arkham can. And, and the way he turned away tells me that uh, it may have been a touch too broad. And, oh well. But uh, anyway, heroic martyrdom in and of itself could never be enough for our boy. Well, how could it be? Why, why leave in relatively dignified silence when you can cause a huge and, and unsavoury scene on your way out, stir up old animosities and really make the term division lobby mean something again? Here's his parting shot. And as a cove with a uh, taste for cheap theatrics and rabble-rousing rhetoric, I I have to tip the dear old topper, uh, game recognises game, and all that sort of thing. Quote, This report is a charade. I was wrong to believe in the committee or its good faith. The terrible truth is that it is uh, not I who has twisted the truth to suit my purpose. It is Harriet Harman and her committee. This is a dreadful day for MPs and for democracy. This decision means that no MP is free from vendetta or expulsion on trumped-up charges by a tiny minority who want to see him or her gone from the Commons. I do not have the slightest contempt for Parliament or for the important work that should be done by the Privileges Committee. But for the Privileges Committee to use its prerogatives in this anti-democratic way to bring about what is intended to be the final knife thrust in a protracted political assassination, that is beneath contempt. Unquote. Oh no, sorry, not unquote. No, there was a little bit more. This is, this is, the, this is the juicy bit at the end. Quote, it is for the people of victory to decide who sits in Parliament, not Harriet Harman. Unquote. Oh, well, there you go. You know, his chubbiness and public schoolboy mannerisms have, of course, always invited comparisons to Billy Bunter, but rarely has the spirit of the fat owl of the remove been more apparent. Caught with his greasy paws in Bob Cherry's tuck box, everybody but himself is, of course, to blame. All he didn't do was go, ah, yaroo, yaroo, let go, you rotters. Uh, as many on the right have been saying for months now, everything bad that happens in Britain is the result of the diabolical machinations of the blob. An amorphous conspiracy of woke civil servants, yeah, all them. Romaniac traitors and Marxist high court justices who receive their daily orders through coded messages placed in the Guardian by Kremlin super spies. Knowing that this fatuous and unsubstantiated drivel is the most irresistible catnip to those loyal to the cause of Boris Johnson, and far less importantly, the cause of Brexit, uh, Boris pulled out all the stops in stoking up as much malice and paranoia as he could before taking his ball home. Were one given to cynicism, one might almost suspect that he was preparing to take up his duties as a highly paid columnist for the Daily Fucking Mail. Ah. But... Such base suppositions and speculations would, I must admit, be arrant nonsense of the first water. You see, by all accounts, preparation and conscientiousness uh, never seem to feature all that strongly on the spaffers' list of journalistic talents. Ah, God preserve us. It's also transparent, eh, what? Although it does seem to have pulled a flock's worth of wool over some eyes, though. Uh, The the die-hard loyalists... uh, in the Commons were quick and vocal in their defence of their fallen leader and every bit as rage-fuelled, unconvincing and barely coherent as the rank-and-file Twitterers. 
the I'm backing Boris cabal seems to be being spearheaded by shiny new knights Jacob Rees-Mogg and Michael Fabricant, a name one has to be frightfully careful with, lest it sound like one's calling the cunt a cunt, and uh, Ms Nadine Doris, Baroness of, well, <laughs> absolutely nowhere as it turns out. She's still Miss Doris, and tragic though it be to relate, still Miss Doris is still missing the point that her tousled hero seems to care for little but himself. The accounts of her possible elevation to the red lever uh, seem a mite muddled, but it seems she, for one, was convinced that it was a dead cert, and only a dark web of intrigue, spun no doubt by the blob, is preventing her from becoming a peer of our already long-suffering realm. Number 10 denied this strenuously, mais naturellement, and, and when a gang of horrors with a history of horse shittery tell different tales, it's hard to know whom one ought to believe the least, wouldn't you say? Claims exist that Johnson was told that her name would not be accepted on his resignation honours list months ago, possibly on the grounds of her being an embarrassing, incompetent no-mark with no gifts save for those of often regrettable self-publicity. Uh, so, so why was she so convinced? Did Boris assure her repeatedly that her fanatical fealty would be rewarded with a coronet, or whatever the hell it is that they wear? Knowing full well all along that it would never happen? Or, or was he dangling a seat in the Lords before her dewy eyes in good faith? Well, it's hard to say, save that uh, he could probably have counted on her had he dangled something else altogether. One almost feels for still Miss Doris, really, um, to pinch from the swan of Avon, uh, one who loved not wisely but too well, often cuts a pitiable figure, and, uh, and one that might well inspire even the most hard-bitten anti-folk songwriter looking for a podcast-closing uh, number. Hmm. We'll see. Uh, she resigned, but not really, immediately on Friday, but still appears to be hanging on perhaps in the hope of making a quixotic gesture in Monday's vote on the committee's findings. Ah, yes, Monday's vote. Do you know, podcast pals, monumentally irked though I am by the toad-like spiritual squalor exhibited by our former PM, I think what really galls a chap is that, uh, once again, we see parliamentary procedure tying itself into Gordian knots in order to spare the House embarrassment. Not only is political malfeasance handled in-house, because one doesn't want plebby plods knocking about the corridors of power in their size 12s, don't you know? But uh, even when a decision has been reached, the, the malefactor still has a chance to wriggle out of the consequences if they have enough support. It's almost, it's almost as though they make it as hard as possible to bring down the hammer upon an errant member, lest the ancient pantomime of black rods and bullshit be exposed as the sham it really is. But we shall see what we shall see, I suppose. And for now, the lad here and I must take our leave of you. Thanks for joining us, and don't forget to like, subscribe, and share Discontent Provider, because, let's face it, a life without weekly doses of indifferent guitar playing and the odd half-decent aperçu is barely a life at all. Should any thoughts occur, do drop us a line at discontentprovider at gmx.co.uk, or you can tweet at Foxy and Arkham on the Discontent Provider uh, Twitter account. Bear in mind that uh, the views I've expressed here are solely mine, although an awful lot of cats and kittens seem to agree with them. 
and should be used for entertainment purposes only. Facts and quotes, in so much as there are any of the former in the uh, modern-day political play pit, have been called from uh, reputable sources and are reproduced to the best of my abilities. Until we work up the nerve to do this again, then, I was the Silver Fox, and Arkham was the Black and White Dog. Cheerio! Right, old friend, let's be on our way. Do you think uh, the, the the Billy Bunter stuff? Do you reckon that was? Do you reckon that was all right? Yeah, of course, of course it was. They got it. All the kids read Frank Richards, don't they? And at least I left out the racist stuff, which isn't easy. Come on. So she'd be up there with Baroness Moe Now she's weeping all on her own She's a woman, not a lady And she's nursing a broken heart Why did she trust him? Why did she believe That he wouldn't leave her nothing to do but grieve? Her guy she should have known was pure poison Right from the start When it began she thought that he was the man Who would lift her to the highest heights But now it's all over, he's nowhere to be found And she's been left neck deep in shite She jumped through all the hoops just like the rest of his dupes Cause she was certain that they'd never fail Now she's a pitiful fool, the object of ridicule While he writes for the Daily Mail they don't even whisper when they call her mad nad Oh, why can't they see that she's just goddamn sad Another victim of an asshole who cares only about himself She was maniacally loyal, she was obsessively dutiful And even though she isn't all that beautiful She deserves better than to be stuck on the political shelf Served in his cabinet, she gave him her all She backed him right up to the hilt She was always there, so full of love and care No matter how gross his guilt Now she realizes that she won't know the pleasure Of sitting down and snoozing on that sacred red leather She's waking from a dream she always knew would never come true should she have been more blatant with the flattery and touches? There's no way she can be sure. Would a handjob in the office have made her a duchess? Or would he have wanted more?
this how the whole sorry story ends She's got a couple of allies but she can't call them friends They're doing what they can to help an idol who's already checked out Did he even notice her intense indignation When she sort of handed in a hint of her resignation If he did or if he didn't She's up shit creek now without any doubt Life was so much easier Stuck in the jungle Eating kangaroo balls and worms It was so much more dignified Than chilling for bungle On his holy demeaning terms but she could be wrong, that's why she's still hanging on She'll make a point in next Monday's vote Maybe he'll see they were meant to be She signs a career suicide note